Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. This is episode 51 of the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast, and thanks for listening. It's that time of year graduations and preparation for pharmacy residency training. Congrats to our student pharmacists who worked so hard these past few years during challenging circumstances in healthcare, pharmacy practice, and higher education. Also a big kudos to their parents, families, friends, neighbors, mentors who helped them along the way. It really takes a village on this journey. Well now, on today's podcast, I'll be talking with Hillary Blackburn. Hillary and I are going to be discussing many things, including her experiencing navigating seasons of life and career. I'll give you a bit of an introduction to Hillary and then let her also tell you about herself, her career, and her many varied experiences in life in general. Hillary Blackburn is a proud pharmacy graduate of the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy and currently is Chief Pharmacy Officer at Dispensary of Hope, a national nonprofit medication distributor. She served on the APHA APPM Executive Committee for 2021 to 2023 and currently is on the APHA Foundation Women in Pharmacy Committee. In fact, that's how we connected. In 2020, Hillary released her first book titled How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. Hillary definitely is impacting pharmacy. I'm looking forward to catching up today. Hillary, thanks for being here with me today. As we get started, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background, where you grew up, about your family, and your pharmacy experience at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. Yeah. Hey, Melissa. Great to be with you today. Excited to share a bit. So yes, as mentioned, uh, I'm currently uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and serve as the Chief Pharmacy Officer at Dispensary of Hope. And uh, I grew up in the Mississippi Delta, so that is uh, a small town uh, that is in between Memphis and Jackson, Mississippi, and attended the University of Mississippi as an early entry pharmacy student. And that was a great way to go ahead and get plugged into pharmacy school as soon as I arrived at Ole Miss. And while I was in pharmacy school, I chose a variety of rotations to get a broad experience and even served as an intern up on Capitol Hill for one of the Mississippi senators. And when I came back, asked one of our um, professors, how do I go back for pharmacy? And lucky enough, there was an Ole Miss alum who was the director for the Office of Pharmacy Affairs, uh, which is part of HRSA and administers the 340B program. So I'm sure many of you have heard of that program to support hospitals and clinics across the country serving the safety net. And that was a a really different experience than a lot of those clinical rotations uh, and a chance to explore more of the public health side and how to operationalize a national program. And with that, growing up in in a small town, rural Mississippi, that and kind of the, the, the learning more about how to care for that safety net or underserved is really kind of how I found my uh, spot today. But I will share that um, growing up, I was an only child. So I had a lot of uh, support from both of my parents. Being in a small town was such a wonderful place to grow up and um, kind of be the big fish and have just a really great support system from uh, my family, 
uh, church, uh, school, and I was involved in volunteering and a lot of different things, very active, um, played just about any kind of sport there was to play, serving as captain of our soccer team, uh, head cheerleader. Um, so, you know, seen as, as a, a leader amongst my peers early on and the value of uh, team sports and that time management. So, as of course, as we know, healthcare is a team sport. And so um, I'm so grateful that uh, my parents were um, able to, to encourage me and, uh, and get me exposed to a lot of those different things. And then, of course, uh, the emphasis on academics as well, and um, was able to, you know, my mom was a teacher at at our school there and always pushed me academically and uh, graduated as valedictorian of my high school. So that's kind of the, how I got started. And then my pharmacy career, and then uh, after pharmacy school, decided to pursue a residency and did a PGY one at the university of Mississippi medical center and just loved all of the clinical care experiences. I love being in the ER and in the ICU and rounding with the internal medicine team and the ambulatory setting. I just really loved all of the preceptors and experiences there. But when I was finishing up the, my residency program, I was looking to move um, to a little bit bigger city, uh, a lot of friends in the Dallas area and also Nashville. Um, and uh, so now I've been in Nashville since the summer of 2012. And there were not as many hospital jobs available. It is, of course, a highly desired place to live um, with representation of three pharmacy schools just here in the city. And so that um, caused me to pivot a bit. And I've had some experiences in the independent pharmacy setting, working for a family friend, uh, working for a health plan, and a specialty mail order pharmacy. And that really led me to where I am now, which has been a wonderful fit at the Dispensary of Hope. Well, thank you so much for sharing your background and you know your Mississippi roots. I, I found that very interesting. And last year I was at a JCPP meeting and Leanne Ross talked about her experience in the Mississippi Delta and um, working with and serving underserved populations, such important work related to health equity. So I think you know you talking about your small town and how that positioned you know you at Ole Miss and then ending up I was curious how you ended up in Nashville because it certainly seems to be the hot place to be right now in healthcare and business and just and music for sure it's always been music and then um I it's a place that I love to visit one of my dear friends is the dean at um at Belmont University which at the College of Business which I think you I think we I helped connect you to um Sarah yeah, Sarah Guardiel. But yeah, so many cool things. Um, so I'd love to hear that journey. And also, I think it reinforces to our listeners about you kind of never know what could be around the corner. But if you're open to it, sounds like the connections that you had to look at independent pharmacy and then specialty pharmacy that ultimately led you, you know, to where you are today. So that's, that's really, um, really, really interesting. You know, a thread in your career has been connections. And you know, connecting with others and sharing stories is so important. And I really want to say thank you for your leadership in the profession and your leadership as the founder and host of the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. It's always fun 
when either I'm on other people's podcasts or they're on here because I think they understand what's kind of behind the scenes and what this kind of podcasting thing is all about. And I was so honored to join you in September of 2021 to be on your podcast. So what are your goals? And tell me more about like what you've learned through the process. Yeah, I do think it is. It's part of that Mississippi culture. Uh, we're the hospitality state. And it's it's funny, you kind of will hear the saying, all roads lead to Mississippi. And, you know, you mentioned Leanne Ross and she had had spent time up in DC as well and is is also one of those just really well-connected, great leaders, uh, respect her a lot. And she was influential uh, in my journey as well. So yes, I, uh, it was actually back in 2017 and my husband was listening to all these business podcasts and I just wanted to have another outlet that was creative and a way to highlight all of the wonderful stories happening in pharmacy. So kind of the, the tagline of, of talk to your pharmacist is dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. And I would love to lean in on, you know, the connections and networking and just highlighting others. I mean, I've mentioned that I was a cheerleader. I love that. I love cheering on pharmacy. And, you know, I remember talking to actually a family member who said, oh, you're going to run out of, of content. I've had over 230 guests and it'll be six years, August of um, 2023. And I still am meeting pharmacists from across the country that have innovative practices that are doing, you know, cool things all across the country. I've talked to people, you know, in, in other parts of the world, you know, you can see kind of where listeners are as well. You know, I was, I think, um, somewhere over in the, the middle East even asked me to be a, a virtual speaker and, you know, you just never know, um, where that may lead you, but, um, it's really been a pleasure to get to know so many other pharmacists and just other leaders in healthcare. It hasn't been all pharmacists. As you mentioned, you know, a lot of that has been from Nashville. There's a lot of innovation, a lot of business here in Nashville, but a lot of, you know, fascinating things happening across the country. So I've you know, that's been a goal is just highlighting the stories, um, being able to connect with others. And so, you know, I hope to continue to do this for, you know, the next uh, few years. So it's been a real pleasure and, and I'm glad that I hit send, you know, when you, when you're ever starting anything new um, and kind of putting something out to the world, you just have to take that first step. And I remember hearing, I think, from an entrepreneur here in Nashville at one of these conferences that I was attending, you just have to get version 1.0 out there. So the first few episodes may not have been the most perfect, but, you know, sending it out there and then just being consistent. So I think those are certainly some themes as well. I love that you share, you know, there were so many kind of pearls in those comments you just made. One would be the broad scope that's out there of the people to talk to and, you know, the experiences. And so I love kind of that you're, you're focused on looking at the possibilities. And it was interesting. I'm I'm smiling, um, thinking about, as you talked about just kind of hitting send or the first couple, because I will reflect back on my first couple episodes, how nervous I was, but then also how much you learn through the process and learn and grow, but you're right. You have to um, take the risk in, in order to move forward. So, well, I'm glad that you did take the risk and we'll link to your podcast um, in the show notes and 
keep up the great work. I can't wait to hear, you know, some of the new ones that are coming online um, for you because they're just, they're just great. Well, let's talk about it. And it's been really cool this morning hearing about your career. So continuing this thread, let's talk a little bit about your personal and professional development. I like how you shared that your road, your path had different stops along the way. So, you know, that I think reinforces transferable skills throughout your pharmacy career. So what insights would you share with emerging leaders, kind of those who are either just getting started um, either from pharmacy school or they've finished their residency or, you know, they're they're at a position where they think, you know, I'm ready to do something new. So what did that look like kind of on your path? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, and this was, you know, showed up as one of my strength finders is love of learning. And, you know, when we do take the pharmacy oath, um, we talk about our commitment to lifelong learning. And of course that goes beyond just CE, right? Right. So I think that that is really an important thing. I mean, I went back and got my MBA about 10 years after I graduated because I had moved from more of the clinical and direct patient care focus to more of that broad, you know, seeing healthcare systems and more of that management space and, and really wanted to brush up on those business skills. It also timing wise worked out because that was prior to us having our first baby. And so, you know, that, that worked out and my husband actually did it with me. So we were competing as we were going through this MBA course, which was kind of fun. Uh, having a partner is always great. Having it, you know, having a network, I mentioned my parents were certainly great role models to me. And then just having a good support system, having a family, spouse, uh, others that uh, encourage you as well. So yes, I think that, you know, the love of learning is very important. Never stop learning. And even thinking outside of pharmacy. So I love to tell this story too, in that, you know, finishing residency, we got the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh great. Another book to read. I don't have time for this. And I kind of tossed it to the side until a couple of years later, I realized I was kind of searching for that, you know, like, how do I brush up on my leadership skills? How do I, you know, in pharmacy school, we've got all of that really rich, robust clinical training. And yeah, I just kind of started with seven habits and a lot of things are very practical, but good reminders. And I've got about, you know, 20 plus books that I just consumed on audible or hard copy and grew a lot from that. I think podcasts, you know, are another great way to grow, but, but looking at things outside of pharmacy, I, um, also get, you know, newsletters and join some professional membership organizations such as ACHE, American college of healthcare executives, to just see kind of that broader picture of healthcare, get to network with leaders, executives from other disciplines and, you know, kind of take a step back and see, all right, well, where's the next, you know, bounce of the ball going to be? What are some of the key themes that healthcare is talking about? And so I would say those are some things that helped instill, you know, and then just even personal development too. You know, mentioned strength finders, our organization had all of our employees take that, which is something that I highly encourage everyone to do, regardless if it's available through your organization or not. And it, you know, can confirm 
maybe what you already know. There are, you know, personality tests that that people love to take, disc profiles. So I think it is important to um, know some of those those personal strengths. So understanding your strengths. I mean, gosh, in what interview are you never asked? Tell me about your your strengths or exactly you know, what, what sets you apart. So being able to clearly articulate that would be, you know, a real value. I love Hillary that you mentioned the seven habits book. And I think I may have talked about this on an earlier podcast, but I also was fortunate um, during my APHA executive residency, you know, now called an executive fellowship, but they had uh, the Covey program with the seven habits of highly successful people that I think they were running a group of state executives within the St. Louis area. And Dennis Worthen with, at the time he was leading the pharmacy affairs with Procter and Gamble, allowed the residents to come to that program. And so I went and, you know, we had a deeper dive related to the book and at that time, the planner and all that. And don't you think it's fascinating how many things now still even resonate today? Like I think about the final habit, I think it's the seventh habit about sharpen the saw. And that's so related to all the well-being things that we're talking about now, especially in the last few years and, you know, in healthcare addressing burnout. So yeah, that's, I think, really important to look at those pieces. And I also like that you highlighted that you receive your information from multiple sources and, and some in healthcare, some in pharmacy, some outside, whether it be podcasts, newsletters, you know, blogs. And I, I think that just really reinforces kind of the way that information comes to us at this day and age and to be open to different avenues, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, you know, as we've talked about your career and your leadership in your life, we've talked a little bit about integrating life and career. I mentioned that in the Melissa Rx Scripts intro and that you have a little girl, almost three years old and another one on the way. So what does this season of life look like for you? What are the opportunities and the challenges right now? Yeah. And that's something that I um, talked about in my book, How Pharmacists Lead is, you know, some of the challenges that women face in the workplace and then what some organizations can do to promote women. And then chapter five, integrating work and family. And as I was writing the book in 2020, I was pregnant with our first. So, you know, I wasn't, it, it's, I kind of have a new meaning for that. And so I think your career can be 20 to 40 years. I mean, you know, there, you've got a long time. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you've got a long time to be able to take different opportunities and things. And I'm thankful that I had the chance to serve for um, APHA's APPM executive committee. And, you know, I'm rolling off just as I'm adding on, another baby and uh, learning how to, to juggle that. And so I leaned out for a little while when I first graduated and had moved to Tennessee and, and had joined, you know, TPA, but wasn't as involved in all the committees. I was just trying to get used to all the fun that Nashville had to offer. Right. And then right. I, I leaned back into pharmacy and found some great ways to plug in with the regulatory and the legislative and policy committee And, you know, come August, I've been serving on that for five plus years now. Now might be, it's probably a great time to have some new blood and and to have some other people jump in and uh, have that experience. And so uh, as we're preparing for our, you know, growing our family, I think it's 
having flexibility is really important. That's something that I've really appreciated. You know, we waited a couple of years to start having our family and actually, you know, having our, our daughter during COVID, we had switched to a remote environment. And so it's been, you know, such a blessing, you know, God's timing is always uh, perfect. And so I'm, I'm grateful to have had that experience of navigating being a first time mom and um, having a little flexibility in that and, you know, you know, and having a nanny instead of doing daycare. And that's really worked really well for our family. But, you know, I think that piecing together childcare, I feel like I'm such a staunch advocate for moms and uh, childcare these days as going through as a, as a patient, um, which is what uh, is kind of inspiring me to, to put in some effort in maternal health and um, some of the work that I'm working on with RX for mom is being a support system for moms as they have questions with, while they're breastfeeding and pregnant and then, you know, administering medications to small children. So there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of questions and things, and it's hard to either, you know, go to Dr. Google or call your OBGYN's office or pediatrician and wait. And for those kinds of questions, how great to have, you know, a pharmacist helping you with, with that. So there's just different seasons. And while these babies are or young, as I'm mentioning, even I'm like, well, I'm adding on this, this other venture that I'm looking into with RX for mom, but you know, it just depends. You got to kind of look for opportunities. And so sometimes once you've experienced something like, oh, you've been a mom or, oh, you had a family member that had MS. And I was talking with another pharmacist the other day that she um, had always been involved with the, you know, MS society because her, her mother suffered from that. And when you have kind of those personal stories, it just really kind of helps infuse that, that passion. And so she came across the MS booth at a, at a conference, starts talking with them. And next thing you know, they were looking for a position. They were hiring a position. She was the perfect fit for that. So, you know, it is neat whenever you have, or, you know, you've got a family member that is getting older and they're on a lot of medications and maybe, you know, de-prescribing is your thing. So it is fascinating to see what kind of personal stories and things help to drive pharmacists in different ways. And, you know, sometimes it's okay to just take a little break from all the extracurriculars and maybe all of the volunteering. And then maybe you come back to some of the volunteering or, you know, you're just, you know, peeling off this or peeling off that, and then you could add back on. So it just kind of, Depends on on what season of life you're in. Yeah, I think there's just so many rich reflections there. You know, I think your examples about your involvement with APHA and TPA and what that looked like, but then, you know, when that was time to do something else. And, you know, I'm really appreciative when my guests on the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast talk about when they said yes, but also when they said no. And, you know, I was really intrigued in an earlier uh, episode, earlier season, when Dr. Michelle Williams with the Tippy College of Business talked about the importance of saying no, because then it opens up for other opportunities. And as we kicked off season five, Dr. Christina Madison talked about a couple of things that you just referenced. One would be, you know, her, her thing was, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. You know, she really looks at how the opportunities line up with her purpose and her values. But she's also passionate about maternal health. So I 
you know, look forward to staying connected with you as you kind of explore what that could look like. Cause we know that there's such importance related to maternal health from a health equity. And then, you know, as you described kind of along the seasons with breastfeeding and then t- taking care of children, especially young children related to medications and all kinds of things. And, you know, I think as pharmacists being such accessible healthcare providers, that that's really important, you know, looking at that. And then, you know, I think we learned some good lessons in um, our, my episode, our, my conversation with Kate Gaynor, who, you know, had four four kids under the age of four with including a set of twins and just how she's navigated that the last several years. And, you know, I think the other part that you've talked about too, and others have echoed is sometimes you just have to kind of go with whatever it is and how things work out and, and knowing that it's for a season or for a time. So, you know, thank you for sharing those real world examples of what's going on in your life. And I wish you and your husband and your beautiful little girl, the best of luck as you get, get ready to add another, that'll be really fun. And that's later this summer, right? Yes. First of August, I will have two August babies, three years apart, and she is excited to be a big sister. And I think will be such a big help. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to that. That's great. Well, you know, as we talk about women, we know that more women are launching businesses and disrupting healthcare. So let's talk a little bit about innovation and having an entrepreneurial mindset. How do how do you think that positively impacts pharmacy practice transformation? Oh gosh, yes. I, you know, in all of the the books and things that I was devouring years ago, I think that the growth mindset really came up. And thankfully, I have always just, you know, gone for things. Um, and even my daughter yesterday, we were at the pool and she was playing a game. And, you know, another little girl was like, Oh, I didn't win that time. And mine comes back and is going, I won. I am going, no lack of self-confidence there. So, you know, have a, a having a healthy self-esteem is maybe just in our DNA, but you win some and you lose some. And I think just, you know, being open and having that growth mindset you know, how can you say yes? Like if I'm very persistent, I think persistence was another thing that I gained from, you know, sports and things and like that perseverance mindset. And so, you know, never giving up and kind of looking at like, all right, well, like if this isn't working, what can I do? So, you know, sometimes you're going to come up against, against a brick wall and maybe that door's closed and you're like, all right, that's good that the door's closed but is there a window that's open? And so I think one of the you know best books that I saw about that was on dreamlining. That was uh, Tim Ferriss teaches like, what would you do if you couldn't fail? And people should think about having five things you dream of having, being, or doing, or what you could, could fail in each. And think about those goals for the next five, 10, 20 years, you know, setting goals and challenging yourself has been a core theme of my life. And, you know, once I commit to a goal, like uh, a classmate actually wanted me to do a half marathon in school. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. We signed up for team and training, which is, supports the leukemia and lymphoma society. And you also fundraise, but committing to this run I signed up to fundraise over $2,000 for LLS and did that through a writing, a letter writing campaign. So everyone knew that I was running in this race. And so it was an awesome experience. And even though she backed out, uh, I still did it alone because I committed, you know, setting those goals and developing 
the right mindset is so important. Well, I love how you shared that example related to setting goals. And then also, you know, it has components of well-being in it and also giving back. I think it's cool that you did it through the team and training. I know some friends who have done either marathons or half marathons that way. And I think you're right. It not only does it, it set up the structure related to your training. And I don't know for people who have done those, and I've been involved with a big Avon breast cancer walk, very similar where the training is as rewarding, I think, as when you actually do it, because, you know, the commitment that you have to have related to getting out there and building endurance and perseverance and, you know, reaching out to others. But I think that's really important too, that, you know, once your friend backed out, you were like, well, I'm still in, you know, that you didn't say, well, you know, maybe we, maybe this isn't our time. Well, it has been so fun catching up with you today. And I, you know, we're just kind of scratching the surface. So look forward to ongoing connections and conversations. But at the close of each of our um, Melissa Rx Scripts podcast conversations, I do ask this question. While I have you, is there one prescription or life lesson you'd like to share with others or comment on in the spirit of Melissa Rx Scripts? Yeah, gosh, there's, you know, so many different things um, that I feel like I could share. Uh, but you know, I would leave listeners with how can women support other women? And, you know, just like me having you on, on the talk to your pharmacist podcast, or, you know, you having me on here and, you know, mentioning a lot of other great ladies like Christina Madison, love getting to connect with her and, and Leanne Ross and Lucinda Maine, love her as well. You know, there's so many great women out there and, you know, we're all going through different challenges, some similar, but being able to kind of share and connect with others and how can we help support other women. If there's ever a chance where you can be a mentor to younger females or, you know, just even being signing up and raising your hand for those leadership positions so that they'll see female role models um, who have chosen paths that they may want to emulate. Well, thank you. You know, women supporting women is so important. And I talked about in your introduction that we were connected through the APHA Foundation Women in Pharmacy Committee. And you know, there's been many activities that you and I have worked on related to that. And I think the session that we had at the annual meeting, bringing people together and Lucinda Maine did a kind of keynote presentation, and then we broke into small working groups. So there can be those big things, but I think like you said, it can also be small things. It could be mentoring or taking someone out for a cup of coffee or just sending someone a message or checking in or you know, sharing something on LinkedIn, championing someone's um, recent recognition or awards or all that good stuff. And, you know, I think it's a good time for us to do a shout out to our colleague, Leanne Ross, who was just named the new Dean at Auburn. So, you know, the more that we can celebrate and acknowledge, um, I think that's, that's a really, really cool thing. Don't you? Absolutely. Well, Hillary, thank you so much for sharing your insights and ideas with me. This is the Melissa Rx Scripps podcast. I want to thank our listeners and encourage you to follow on social media. And a special thank you to Kate Cruz, our producer with Executive Podcast Solutions, who helps make the magic happen. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Melissa. It's been fun talking with you about these topics.